Welcome to yet another edition of the Practice Squad Sports Podcast. I am your first-time host, Daniel Durante, a.k.a. Trundle the Great, a.k.a. the Commissioner, a.k.a. the Fantasy Football God. Whatever you want to refer me as, I am that. Um, I'm joined here by first-time guest on the show, Max Richardson, a.k.a. the Shirley Temples. Max, how are we? I'm great, Stegs. Great to be here. Great to be part of the Practice Squad Sports Podcast Network. And hopefully we've got some great content in store today. Well, I think we do. Obviously, we've put a um, lot of effort into this episode, actually. We're very excited for it, as we always are recording um, podcasts here at Practice Squad. Um, so we've got a couple of things to knock off. Um, so we've got two starts and two sits for week six each. So uh, four starts and four sits in total. We're going to look at um, top five fantasy players through week, through week five. And we have also got... Um, we've also got a roster move of the week each, uh, for week five. So, um, so it is a pretty extensive podcast. I'm going to try to smash through as much as we can, um, in a short amount of time. Um, but first let's have a quick chat. We've got a, um, huge NFC East matchup tomorrow between our Philadelphia Eagles, um, massive fans that we are against the New York Giants. What, what are your first takes on that game? What are you looking for, um, tomorrow, Max? Two things. Firstly, the lack of depth that Philly has currently at defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Haloti Nada's already been ruled out, and it's going to be leaving Fletcher Cox and probably Hester to take most of the load and a bit of Destiny Bio. Secondly, what I'm looking for is how they fit in newly upgraded Trey Sullivan, um, particularly how they went with playing Avante Maddox 100% of the snaps last week. I'm really looking for how they're going to play, especially... Those slot, those slot receivers um, in Sterling Shepard and when they throw Odell in there, how those Eagles safeties are going to match up. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, actually, quickly, before we go on any further, I'm just going to just point out, Max is an absolute football nerd. Just straight up. That's what you are, Max. That's a compliment. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I agree. With Maddox as well, I, he's showing a bit, I, I feel, but... Um, but I feel like he's got a little bit of... I think it's just a lack of playing time that's obviously hurting him a bit. Um, and, and, yeah, and playing at, out of position as well. Yeah, playing out of position, of course. Um, and yeah, just as well, you've mentioned uh, lack of depth in our um, in our defensive front. Um, I'm, I'm also concerned, yeah, with obviously the lack of depth in our secondary. Um, yeah. I mean, Malcolm Jenkins is still out there and Mills is being a bit erratic this year. Derby can't tackle... And, um, I don't know, I'm just a bit concerned in it with our secondary mainly. How do you feel about that? Yeah, uh, like I said, I think that the lack of depth is really going to get tested this week. I think they've got some really quality outside targets. Yeah, absolutely. Odell and um, Shepard. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and as, as, touching on the D front before we move on to the Giants, um, touching on the D front, um, I feel like Cox as well, especially, he's, he's the type of player when... You know, you have guys um, on the on the inside or on the outside that are, um, you know, you can't really afford to double-team Cox because you've got those other guys to worry about. You know, you say um, Haloti Nard is not playing. Um, obviously, Timmy Jernigan is uh, injured. Um, so you're going to start maybe seeing Cox double-teamed a bit more and maybe could have a maybe a bit of a quieter game. In saying that, though, the Giants' O-line, what's going on with that? Yeah, well, obviously, they just released Eric Flowers. Yeah, that's, um, that's, you kind of saw that coming. O-line, I think, has been better than what they expected. I think it's been about middle of the road. 
but they do have a rookie starting at the guard with um, Hernandez, and I think if Cox gets on top of him, then like you said, they're going to have to put throw some double teams, which will open it up for Barnett and um, Chris Long and even Brandon Graham on the outside. Definitely, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's been it. I feel like Barnett's actually had a pretty huge year so far, just quietly. Um, mm. Kind of goes under the radar, but doesn't see a lot of snaps. Um, moving on to the Giants, um, obviously we had a lot to say about the Eagles, especially Max, but that's just because we are fans. Be interesting to see how Odell um, responds after last week and his antics. Yeah, I think they definitely look to get him more involved last week, and I think you'll see that continue. Hopefully they get him a few more of those deeper throws. Um, I think if Shepard and even Barkley out of the backfield can take that underneath coverage over, then look for Odell to take it over the top a few times, I reckon, particularly on Mills. Mills loves Mills and Darby do love to bite mm-hmm. on that first read, Yeah, um, and they did get caught. I remember last week, Thielen got Mills considerably a few times actually on those double moves. Yeah, absolutely, and fucking Mills... Drawing at Thielen after getting torched. Yeah, I and then Fletcher Cox pulling him up. Yeah, I could not believe that. Um, but yeah, no, that it, it will be a, a quite an interesting game. I don't think it's going to be a um, uh, an easy game for either team, obviously, especially the Eagles. Um, Super Bowl champs, you expect them to kind of, well, maybe at the start of the year, you expect them to kind of roll through them. But I think it'll be a very good game. Um, moving on to Sunday night's game between what seems to be two juggernauts of the competition this year in the Kansas City Chiefs and New England Patriots. What are your first thoughts on um, on those games, Max? I'm looking particularly at the matchup between the New England offense and the Kansas City defense. I think that is where, obviously, Belichick and Brady, that's where they're scheming to take advantage. Yep. Kansas City has the worst-ranked defense in the league. And I think you'll look at guys like Edelman, Gronk, and James White, especially out of the backfield, look for them to take full advantage of this very porous defense. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's... Uh, I've got yeah, two things to kind of say on that as well. Um, it's just um, not really a not really a uh, insight or anything. I just I just love how, like, you know, you have a team that's 5-0, high-powered offense, um, and then they turn around and have, like, the worst defense in the NFL. As you said, through week five, I just find that quite interesting. I don't know. I feel like you don't win championships that way. Obviously, they're a big hype train at the moment, and understandably so. Uh, just to be see how it, it's it'd be interesting to see how they um, counteract that, I guess. Um, and yeah. I think also as well on the Patriot front, I, I think Edelman in now. It's just I just going to do so much for their offense and Brady, um, and opening up things up for other guys. Yeah, I think certainly um, mm-hmm. he brings that kind of toughness and that he'll just. Brady always knows where he's going to be and knows where yeah. his safe outlet is. Yeah, and I think that's crucial. Yeah, absolutely. And a veteran leadership. And I think, yeah, just obviously Brady knows him so well and he's such a big part of that locker room. So, you know, two pretty big games, I feel, for this week. Um, so we'll touch on those quickly. Um, moving on to our first proper segment of the week. Two start. We've got two starts and two sits each for week six. Max, do you want to go ahead and name your two starts? Yes, um, we just touched on it a bit earlier, but my first start of the week is James White at home to Kansas City. Now, James White has had 24 targets in the past two weeks, and that was probably off the back of Bill Belichick voicing his need to include him more, and it certainly paid off. He's had scores of 31 and 24 in those two games, and now goes against the worst defense in the NFL. And just put that in a bit of context, last week, 
Jaguars running back TJ Yeldon scored 26 points and against you, the Chiefs. Let's just reiterate that. That's Jaguars running back TJ Yeldon, not, T, not Leonard Fournette. Let's just reiterate that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's definitely crucial here. He's a lot more of that outside kind of catchable at backfield, and that is exactly what James White is. Obviously, you're going to get all the carries going to Sony Michelle, mm-hmm. but I think in this PPR league that we are in now, when James White is getting 24 targets out of the backfield, that's effectively... He didn't catch them all, but that's effectively 24 points right there. Yeah, Max, that's a that's a great call. I like that. Um, and now, who's your second? Uh, my second start is Tyler Lockett versus Oakland. Now, this game's in London, and it is another Uggs and Thugs player, but... Tyler Lockett's flown on the radar a bit this year. He scored four touchdowns this year and averages six and a half targets. Now, the Oakland secondary is extremely ordinary. Lockett has that deep ball threat ability and he does have return ability. Now, I think that this may be impacted by the return slightly of Doug Baldwin, but I still feel that Tyler Lockett versus Oakland presents a great start opportunity for Uggs. Absolutely, and... Lockett got paid over uh, over the offseason, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, so maybe that's given him a little bit of confidence, maybe. Who knows? Um, but, you know, that, they're two great takes. And, obviously, we've given Uggs and Thugs, if you're listening, you're going to love this because we've just given um, a couple of insights. We've got... Max just gave you two, and I've got you, I've got one for you um, to for start. And that, my first one is Wendell Smallwood. Um, now... It could be a bit, uh, it could be a little bit of a um, head scratcher just because obviously Clement seems to be kind of the more talented back I feel uh, overall, but obviously with Ajay done for the year, uh, I feel like Smallwood especially um, Clement as well, but Smallwood especially is in uh, prime for more extensive roles. Um, he's a bit more of a physical run. Obviously, watching every Eagle game, um, you know you see these players a bit more but Smallwood he has like a sense of urgency in his runs Max I think you can agree he kind of he likes he finishes off his runs if he gets hit he doesn't go to the ground he fights for that extra yard or two and that's something that Clement doesn't really do so I think um, in situations you know where we need more yards I think they'll look to go to um, to uh, 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 Smallwood a bit more especially maybe in the red zone um, at the goal line yeah and I think that's definitely been reflected in how the coaching staff said I know Last week, him and Ajay actually split snaps. Um, yeah. So whether I think that that might have been a case that Ajay was injured, yeah. but it still shows that coaching staff and Peterson and and um, Press Taylor love Wendell Smallwood. Well, absolutely. I'll do quickly one 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 further on that, Max. Um, in week three, when we played the Colts, Ajay, Ajay was out, and it was just yeah Smallwood and Clement, and even then the um, the snap count was split pretty evenly. Um, for the most part, I think Smallwood had a few more receptions, from my knowledge. I don't have my stats up or anything. Um, and I think Clement ran the ball more, but Smallwood still finished on the same, or maybe more yards than than Clement running the ball as well. So I know we are in a PPR league, um, but that might have something to say, you know, getting in the end zone, I feel, um, especially where we've had a little bit of trouble um, so far this year in the red zone. So that was my first uh, first start. My second start is actually Tyler Boyd, Max. Um, he cooled off a little bit uh, last week after having an extremely solid um, three weeks prior to that. Um, but, the, but the Bengals are going up against a pretty shoddy Pittsburgh defense this week um, and has some, some concerns in the, um, in the secondary. Other than Edmonds, really, um, no one's really stood out 
to me in the secondary, just going from, um, you know, obviously watching Red Zone and stuff. Um, and teams have just been able to find holes in their secondary all year. So I think he could be in for a, uh, another big week after having a, a bit of a cool-off week last week. So that's my, they're my two starts for this week. Yeah, I think Boyd, um, Cincinnati, just looking at the numbers right now, Cincinnati run out of 11 personnel, which is three wide receivers, yeah. uh, two-thirds of the time. So definitely yeah. going to get a lot of looks there with Boyd um, and Green. And as, yeah, and as I said, I feel like in fantasy football, you've got to reward consistency, and he's been pretty consistent um, all year, so um, he could be worth the flex start, but... Um, yes. Or could lead into my next point, but we'll get to that. Max, who are your two sits? My first sit is going to be actually a bit of a head-scratcher, but yes. I think if you further listen, you'll understand. Yes. It's going to be Kenyon Drake versus Chicago. Yep. Now, he did put up 24 points last week, but... Miami is playing the Chicago Bears uh, and that nasty front seven. They're the best yeah. at stopping the run in the league and they actually haven't given up a rush touchdown this year. Drake's that. also seen his snap count numbers dwindle. Um, in week one, he was at 75%. Now he's down at 45% week five. And even when you consider Stegs that last week, they were up 17-0 on the Bengals. So put that in a bit of perspective. You'd think that when they're up that high, they'd just be running running at the ball out. Yeah. Um, He's also been outcarried by Frank Gore, and I think this week Adam Gase might turn to the experience of Gore, particularly with pass protection where Gore is significantly better than Drake. That's a phenomenal take, man. <laughs> that would have me convinced. Um, <laughs> who's your second sit? Uh, and secondly, my next sit is Will Fuller versus Buffalo. Yeah, Fuller's had a bit of a niggly hamstring over the past couple of weeks, and last week he was only on the field for 31% of snaps. Um, they play a Buffalo defense that's ranked 11th in receiving yards. And I think, Stegs, that Buffalo actually have a bit more of an underrated defense than we think. I agree. Um, yeah, sorry. sorry. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, uh, I agree. Football, Continue. Football Outsiders has them ranked 7th in pass ranking. Yeah. And the secondary with Trey Day White, Micah Hyde, and Jordan Poyer, I think they're going to make it hard for Fuller. And yeah. also the recent success of Kiki Cootie, I think, well, just on a bit of a side note, I think that name needs to go into some Hall of Fame. For I think we can work towards that. Maybe that could be another segment that we do here at yeah. the Practice Squad Sports Podcast. So, um, And I think, yeah, definitely um, to Sean Watson's... Um, the way he likes to get the ball out quick and Cootie's kind of underneath slot receiver type build, I think that's going to have an impact on Will Fuller's targets. For sure. No, absolutely. Max, I reckon, like, as I said before, you're a bit of a football nerd. I love it. But, like, I feel like you like you think so in-depth to these starts and sits. I, like, I'm just taking back. My, my notes for my, like, for my players are just absolutely, absolutely minuscule compared to what you've said. But um, I'll get on to my two sits. Uh, so you might not like this one, Max, because I know how much you love him. But my sit is Aaron Jones, but it's only main, it's mainly because I'd prefer Smallwood this week over Aaron Jones. It's not really a knock on Jones as much as it is um, my my love for Smallwood this week. Um, and also, just in general, Green Bay seem to scatter playtime among their backs a little bit, even though Jones is the most talented back that they have. For whatever reason, they always seem to kind of go between um, you know Ty, Mont- Ty Montgomery, Aaron Jones, and then... Um, What's his Jamal name? Williams. Yeah, Jamal Williams. So, um, yeah, it's mainly, it's more um, uh, 
my preference for Smallwood this week for that sit. But uh, moving on to my second, uh, my second sit of the week, it is Corey Davis um, against the, the Titans are playing the Ravens. Um, Jimmy Smith is back. He's had his first week back last week after a four-game suspension. Um, obviously, an extremely talented corner out there, and they also Marlon Humphrey and Brandon Carr. Um, have been pretty pretty big this year, and obviously talented talented um, cornerback group that I think could have Corey Davis's number all, all day. Just in general as well, the Ravens D's um, generally pretty pretty tough, um, making it kind of hard to score in general. So Corey Davis probably my second sit for the week. Yeah, I think definitely um, yeah. Baltimore ranked fourth in pass defense football outsiders and. Apart from Corey Davis, who is scaring you um, as a pass catcher for Titans? Probably not many. Not many. Probably not much going on there, especially now Delaney Walker's not playing. Yeah. Um, I think definitely Corey Davis could see some potential double teams. Um, yeah, that's Absolutely. why I think that's a great sit. Yeah, no, for sure. So, yeah, thank you for um, adding to mine. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, so there are our starts and sits for this week. Um, Uggs and thugs, a lot of love. We we did this as well. We didn't look at who um, who these players played for, what teams they were on. We literally looked at them just as um, some matchups nice. that we liked, um, and they just turned out about what three of them were part of Uggs and Dubs, yeah. and I had two for um, two for the big cat. <laughs> Hopefully, that's not a reoccurring thing. Um, but yeah, no. Anyway, moving on to our next segment. Um, this one's a bit of a. This one was fun for me. I thought. Picking, um, it is the top five players um, for Max and I that Max and I have chosen. Uh, top five players for fantasy this year through week five. Um, we'll start off with some honourable mentions. This was a, as I said, this was a very fun list to make. Um, pretty hard as well, but it was a very fun list to make, and I think we've done a pretty good job with it, Max. What do you think? Yeah, I think definitely. I think when we first started sitting down and looking at some names, I thought this is probably going to be pretty tough. And then as we kind of got into it and started rolling, then yeah, more names just kept popping up and popping up. So. Yeah, literally. Um, we, we spent a good, what, 20 minutes on this last night? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll start off with some honourable mentions. I'll read through a couple in the max. Um, you'll read through a couple. Um, I'm not going to give too much of a reason behind it. I'm just going to say the names just so we can get through the podcast pretty quickly. Um, so one of them was... Uh, these honourable mentions in no particular order as well. Uh, Mahomes... He was this uh, 61st pick in the sixth round. Um, so that's great value there. Um, got Hines um, that I picked. I got him off the waiver, waiver wire a couple of weeks ago. Um, Tyler Boyd, of course. Um, and Adrian Peterson. I I think he went in the 10th round, Max, 117th pick. I've kind of written him off personally. I didn't want to touch him. Yeah, I think yeah. me too. I think particularly with the way the league structure with the PPR format, that AP is not traditionally one of those catch-out-of-the-backfield type guys, so you weren't mm-hmm. really going to be seeing him on second and long, third and long, um, yeah. even when they're down. Um, and he's certainly proved everyone wrong, I yeah, think. Yeah, for sure. No, definitely. Max, do you want to read out the last honor- last few honourable mentions? Yeah, we've got uh, Philip Lindsay, free agent pickup by Philly Philly. Yep. Chris Carson was picked in the 11th round. Uh, by the Keekly clan. Now, this one, I think, and I guess you'll agree with me here, but Philip Rivers, I think he's having a bit of an underrated year. And I saw a tweet the other day, Stegs. I know you saw it. Yeah, I saw it, yeah. But Philip Rivers versus Mahomes. 
Philip Rivers has a better completion percentage. They have the same touchdown intercept ratio. He's had 20 less passing yards, and he has four points better on the pass rating. Now, one has been bookended or bookmarked as an MVP candidate, and the other is getting no respect. Yeah, I know. I don't know what it is, and of course, you obviously obviously understand it's kind of a you know um, first year starting for Mahomes. Um, there's an excitement about him to have that high powered offense. And I think just, yeah, I don't know what it is. Rivers is just an overlooked quarterback, a quarterback who I love. I think I've gone on record multiple times saying that how much I love Philip Rivers. Um, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, who knows? I think that's a great, I think that was a great find in Rivers in the 13th round. Yeah, and just uh, rounding out the honorable mentions, TJ yeah. Yeldon picked up in the 14th round by the real Slim Brady. Yeah, that's huge as well. Um, all right, well, what I will do, I think I'll start off. Um, oh, actually, no, Max, you start off with our fifth. Okay. In fifth place on the PSS top five players of 2018 since round uh, since for round five, we have Bears defense picked up by Uggs and Thugs in the 15th round, pick 172. Now, I think um, when you think about this, you don't really, when you think about fantasy football, you don't really think about defenses, but I think the level that they're playing at fully warrants being on this list. Now, I'll just give you a quick stat, a few quick stats. They're the only defense in the league this year that scored double digits every matchup. Yeah. And I think when we saw that trade at the start of the year, we knew they were going to be good. But when we didn't realize they were going to be this good, I mean, they've had over uh, four and a half sacks a game. Yeah. And it's just ridiculous. I think, especially on the outside with guys like Prince of Mukamara and Fuller, it's yeah. really kind of letting Khalil Mack and um, Akeem Hicks get get to the quarterback up front, just shutting down those outside receivers. For sure. And I think that's the main thing, um, is that, like, obviously, yeah, everyone knew they have, like, on paper, they're a good name, uh, good defense, sorry. Um, but then, again, of course, it's another thing to go out and actually produce. And I feel like that they have exceeded expectations, honestly, if that's possible, um, on defense. And even just Roquan Smith in the middle yeah. there, he's just, he's, he's going to be a phenom. Yeah, be and especially him only getting, what, three weeks because he showed up late. I yeah, well, it's... that's it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I think when he comes back, I think that's just going to absolutely, well, just show up that defense anyway. Yeah. Just in general. Um, and Hicks has been, yeah, it's been quite good. Wrecking ball. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Max, I'm going to let you read the next one as well just because it's new. Okay. We have, uh, this wasn't necessarily that he's completely stood out because like the Bears defense, we knew that this player was going to be good. But I think getting this player in round four, pick 44, uh, is great value. And that's Adam Thielen. Thank you. Do you, want yeah. to, do, you, do you want to touch on a bit on him about why you took him? Um, well, I mean, well, that, that's the thing. So I had obviously fourth round. Yeah, everyone kind of knew what Thielen can do and how good he is. Um, but the numbers that he's put up, he should have gone in the first round, I feel, right? I think that, yeah. that's what we I kind think. of... Um, I mean, yeah, what, he's had five straight weeks with 100-plus receiving yards, most in NFL history. That's just phenomenal, especially when they have other guys like Kyle Rudolph and Stefan Diggs for mm-hmm. him to still go five straight weeks over 100 yards. Yeah, C- Cousins loves him. I mean, I I actively watch Vikings games because um, because of Thielen, and Cousins just loves him. He just looks for him all the time, gets so many targets. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm just pretty happy with that. Um. So number three, Tyler Lockett. Um. 
for Uggs and Dugs. He was picked up as a free agent. Uggs and Dugs, you're getting a lot of love in this podcast. <laughs> a lot of love. I think that might have something to do with the fact that I really want Aaron Jones, so I've just been sweet talking <laughs> yeah well I mean that's the thing I mean coming into the league and even like the start of this year before he got paid everyone kind of scratched their head a little bit I did um, he's kind of built as a punt returner really um, his lowest score has been 13 and he's had two 24 point games yeah I think like you said I I think it might have a bit something to do with that it's situational because Doug Ball has missed the first or he played that first week but he was injured yeah. and and he kind of came back last week. But sure. he's definitely worked his way into the number one favourite target for Russell Wilson. Well, that's it. And I think, as well, yeah, it may be situational. I'm sure, well, a lot of it is. Um, but, again, it's one thing to actually go and do it. And he's done it and exceeded expectations. So, big fan of that. Um, number two. I'll, I'll, I'll actually read this one out. Give number two, thought. we have Eric Ebron. And that is was picked up on the waiver wire by Max Love Co- Max loves Cox and Dicks. Not really sure. Is that true, by the way, Max? I'm not a massive fan of the name. I think it might have something to do... I think it's a mix of Lockie's love for Fletcher Cox and Ha-Ha Clinton Dicks. <laughs> <laughs> now, Eric Ebron, he's averaging a touchdown a game. And those, that game um, against New England... He seems to be over these catch issues that he had in Detroit and why they kind of released him. And mm-hmm. I think you can kind of see the reason behind why Detroit picked him in the top 10 all those years ago. And I, th- I know it's helped that Jack Doyle has missed, but he seems to have worked his way into Luck's good books and gets lots of targets and scores touchdowns. Yeah, absolutely. I think... Um... I'm not going to lie, Max, I didn't, like, until you mentioned Ebron to me, I didn't really realise how big of a year he was having, honestly. Um, and he's sitting on his bench there, cause of, obviously, because he's got Ertz. And um, Max loves Cox and Dix's bench, because he's got Ertz. So, Ebron's on his bench. So, um, this is some bit of breaking news. Max loves Cox and Dix. I will be in touch with you. I'll be in touch with you about Ebron. Um, moving on. Number one. Fantasy play through week five. And this was completely my doing, and Max obviously agrees, but this has nothing to do with Max being the uh, show. I had Cooper Cup, I think, and Max did obviously agree with it. Max picked Cooper Cup in the eighth round, so pick 86 in total. And um, I don't think... um, I mean, we know that obviously Rams high-powered offense, they have um, Cooks uh, Cooks there on the outside, and obviously Gurley as well, just getting a lot of touches, but... I didn't think Cup was going to have the year that he's had. Um, so, Max, what was your thought process with with taking Cup? I, I had him last year, and he really came on towards the back end. Yep. I really wanted to get him again, but I was just a bit hesitant because they've got those three receivers. Like you said, they've got Cooks, Cup, and also Robert Woods, who's had a bit of an under-the-radar year as well. And I wasn't sure that they were going to yeah, be would. able to get him the ball enough to warrant taking him in kind of that fourth-round range. Yeah. Um, but obviously, it's it's uh, there's plenty of love to go around. I think Sean McVay's done a great job in being able to scheme up plays where he's a mastermind. Each, yeah, it's crazy how he's able to take those three, probably you'd say undersized receivers, um, and work them into uh, all fantasy lineups. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, yeah, he's averaging again, like Ebron, he's averaging a touchdown a game. He's put up some ridiculous numbers. He's getting targeted all the time. Um, 
Yeah, I think Cup for the eighth round. That is phenomenal. Um, so that is our top five plays through week five. Um, that's something probably, Max, we could probably look at doing again after week eight. I think we yeah. could do maybe so we can. I know obviously we started a bit late this week, but like quarter every quarter of the season. Mm. I, I, I can sign off on that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, we're moving through this pretty quickly. I feel it's good. Um, so our last segment of the day is roster move of the week. Um, for week five, this was one that I was kind of on. This is one of the first ideas I had for the um, practice squad sport podcast. Um, I think it's just like a quick way, you know, a good way and a quick way to end a podcast. So, um, Max, who did you have for week five? Who was your start of the uh, roster move of the week? My roster move of the week goes to the real Sim Brady, and that is for starting Julian Edelman straight away. Mm-hmm. Now, I think he could have been tempted not to play him due to the suspension and him not being in the building. Yeah. But I think, I have a feeling that the real Slim Brady, his Patriots fandom and delusion got in the way this time and it was for a good it was for a good reason. Now, yeah. I don't know if you watched that game, Stegs, but in all those crucial possessions, Brady always seemed to be targeting him. Mm-hmm. And I know 14 points isn't setting the world on fire, but I think credit needs to be given here for taking a bit of a risk and starting him. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think that's kind of what touches on what we were talking about um, before, just with um, the importance of Edelman coming back. Um, and as I said, yeah, 14 points. It's not it's not setting the world on fire, but he's not your first scoring option. You know, you've got players like Gurley. You've got Tom Brady. This is the real Slim, Slim Brady, that is. Tom Brady. And Cooks, of course, he got um, injured last week. But, um, you know, he's not your first scoring guy. So 14 points from maybe your fourth. High sc- high scoring player in your in your lineup, that's exceptional. So that is yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, my my roster move of the week is well, this is an interesting one, because again, it's from a position. It's not really important. It goes to the Keekley clan for picking up Ryan Suckup off the waivers. Finish on sixteen points, Max. Um, that's a lot for a kicker. It is, and again, I remember I picked up Suckup off the waivers last year, and he was. Great, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I mean, again, it's just a kicker, but sixteen points from a kicker. That's and that propelled him to a huge week. The Keekly Clan he finished on one thirty one. I could be wrong. Um, maybe his highest score, the second highest score for the year. So it's the Keekly Clan, so probably right. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh! A little bit of sh- some shots. It'll be interesting to hear what our Keekly Clan had to say about that. Um. But yeah, no. So that kind of wraps up our pod for the for this week, Max. How how did you I've find that? A, I've had an absolutely phenomenal time just talking some football at Stegs. How fun is it? It it is absolutely. I suggest if you haven't been on the show before, anyone listening, flick, you know, our um, producers a message in Rory Haft or Kiki Clan or even myself or Max message our group chat. To make a guest appearance, it is so much fun. Honestly, it is a lot of fun sitting down, having a chat about football and fantasy football. Um, but you know, it's great fun. And um, Max, there is just one thing I want to finish on. Yes. What's Dalvin cooking? <laughs> I just want to quickly just have a chat. Obviously, some things were said last week. I just want everyone to know that it is to light a fire underneath the champs. Um, the champ's backside. I just wanted to just give him a little bit of, show him a little bit of, um, 
you know, I guess, uh, comrade banter, I guess, actually. Um, so I just wanted to, I just yeah. wanted to, I just wanted to put that out there. There was no hard feelings. I was trying to light a, light a fire. Um, I but, think, I, can I, can I just touch a bit further on that? Yeah. I think that Dalvin cooking, I think his namesake is going to have a big week, big week this week. I think he needs to stick thin with Dalvin cook. Is that another, is that another start of the week? Potentially. Potentially. They are little... playing Arizona. So. Yeah. It's true. Plenty of reason to get behind Dalvin Cook. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, um, yeah. Before we go, yep. uh, any particular games you've got on your schedule that you're going to be looking forward to this week? Um, obviously the Eagles, but I mean, I'm working, so I'm going to have to watch it late. I'm going to try watch it live while I'm at work. I don't know what I'm going to do yet. Um, and Max, I, I spoke to you before we actually started recording this. I kind of like the... I, I don't know what it is. I like watching the Ravens for some reason. I just like their defense. I, I don't know. I just... They always seem to have interesting defenses. So I'm kind of looking forward to the um, Ravens-Titans game. It's a bit of an odd one. I don't know. Just defensively, I think they're both two pretty good defenses. I'm in... I'm in excited for a defensive battle, to be honest. I'm one of those guys. Yeah. I think... And just to finish off, I think the game that I'm really looking forward to yep. is Pittsburgh-Cincinnati. I think... For two reasons, if Cincinnati can win, they go to five and one, and I think that's two games clear in that division. That's almost, and that'd yeah. be two divisional wins. So they're already two and zero. I think Cincinnati the real deal. But then, if you think about it, if Pittsburgh get up, they'll be back to three and two and one, and Cincinnati be on four and two, and that division is then just clogged up again. Wide open. Yeah. Wide open. Yeah. Look, I agree hundred percent. It's Cincinnati again. Another one. Of, yet again, just one of those teams that weren't talked about. Going into the year, no, look at them four and one through five weeks. So um, crazy. Uh, oh, oh, sorry, I know we've said just before we go about three times. <laughs> there is one more thing. Um, Max and I um, maybe thinking of doing um, kind of maybe just a weekly sport podcast in general, um, where we kind of talk about um, NBA, NFL, um, a bit of college sport, basketball, football, um, maybe in some, even some recruiting or something. Um, just kind of 10 news items that have happened in that week um, so just thought that's something that maybe we should mention with our listeners um, so keep an ear out for that yeah definitely and if anyone's got any names for um, potentially what our podcast should be called then flick it our way obviously under the banner of practice squads yeah of course yeah that's, work, yeah, but... that's actually we, yeah, we're definitely obviously going to work under practice squad sports um but this is something that um yeah we will talk about further anyway. So yeah, keep an ear out. Thanks for listening, guys. Absolute pleasure, um, as always, uh, to chat with you, Max. Um, and good luck this week. Yeah, likewise, stakes and go birds. Go birds, absolutely. All right. Um, thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you later.